Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Who knows what, where they will finish this year? I don't know. You don't know. That's not what I'm going to be talking about today. What we talk about today is baseball on TV. Now, that's a popular topic on this podcast. I cover this often. I'm a baseball fan, obviously. I think I've kind of proven my baseball fandom. But it's also a, I'm a, I have a television background. And obviously the idea of a baseball TV show uh, is something you think would have a great amount of appeal to me. Now, this is, uh, there's a new show on Fox. And the new show on Fox is called Pitch. And Pitch is a drama about a character named uh, Ginny Baker who becomes the first woman to play in the major leagues. Now, I have talked, this has been a topic in many, many of my podcasts where I say that eventually we will have a female baseball player. It will happen. It may not happen as quickly as it shows on the television show Pitch, where it's basically happening this year. As you see, the the Padres in the show have the All-Star Game patch, which means that it takes place in kind of an alternate universe 2016. But it is, it will happen eventually. And it will probably happen the way that, in a similar way that it happened on the TV show. Uh, there's a lot of attention. It's a very expensive show. It's obviously a very big budget show. The production values of it are very, very high. And that it is about, there's about, it's clearly about more than just baseball. The show, uh, uh, Kylie Bunbury, Bunbury, I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce her name. Uh, maybe she'll become so famous that we'll all know it. Uh, plays Ginny Baker, who was a high school baseball phenom, and partly at the urging of her dad, um, developed uh, basically a lot of, became a junk ball pitcher. Became someone who knew that she would not be able to win in the, make it to the major leagues or make it to professional baseball uh, with a fastball because of biology, because of the likelihood of being able to throw a ball 95 mile an hour with her physique would have been too much. But if she could develop breaking ball, curveball and everything, she could make it. She built her way up. And that's basically how it, uh, how the, how the show unfolds. Um, there, the, the show goes into great, great detail and great, great, um, well, energy to become as, as realistic a show in terms of the portrayal of baseball and to create the scenarios of it. Uh, there have been people debating about how realistic this show is. How realistic? Well, baseball fans accept it when they think it's too unrealistic. Now, 
I want to address that one right at the beginning. The fact that we are now making the concept of a base of a fictitious baseball scenario be realistic is somewhat insulting. I mean, we have the natural, which is ends with a home run exploding all the light towers in the stadium. We've had angels in the outfield where angels are literally picking up players so they can catch fly balls. We have had little big league and rookie of the year where kids are either the manager of the team or a kid basically has Tommy John surgery and becomes a pitcher for the Cubs as a junior high schooler. We have had Field of Dreams where we built the damn baseball field in a cornfield and ghosts come out. So, yeah, we've had Major League where the left fielder does voodoo. We've had the scout where a pitcher throws so fast it literally knocks the catcher to the backstop and he is lowered onto the mound in game one of the World Series via a helicopter. We have had Ed where a chimpanzee plays third base alongside Matt LeBlanc. So you're going to have to call me a little bit uh, skeptical of that criticism, but we haven't had realism be a requirement for our baseball stories. And you stop and think about that, all right, I will accept, I will accept angels picking up members of the angels and having them float around. But I draw the line on a woman pitching. You know, I mean, didn't we learn anything for the bad news bears? But I, I will say that I give the show credit. I, I, give the show, I give the show lots of credit, actually. I think it's a well-made show. I've only seen the first episode. But I think it's a well, first of all, it's a well-produced show. Kylie Burnberry, as I said, who plays the lead, is very, very good. Never for a minute did I think she was an actress. She just, she looks like an athlete. She, I mean, she looks like a TV star, but she's very beautiful and she's very charismatic on screen. But you, you got the sense that she's someone who has the weight of the world on her as someone who is living out a dream for her father, basically, carrying the weight of all, of every woman sports fan, every woman baseball fan, the, the weight of the franchise who's banking on this and not wanting to be a pioneer but becoming a pioneer and getting the, the, the absolute, completely expected backlash from it. And, I, and, and by the way, there, I'm going to have spoilers of the episode. So if you haven't seen the show, spoiler alert, Okay. Uh, and she's very good. She, you, you get the sense that she is an athlete, but you also get the sense she's tortured. She's very good. She's very good in the, in the, in the what's it called, in the pilot. And then you have Mark Paul Gosler, who was Zach in Saved by the Bell, who's basically playing Jason Varitek. Uh, of all the people I thought would play Jason, essentially Jason Varitek, in a movie or a TV show, I didn't think it would be someone from Saved by the Bell. But then again, he also was on NYPD Blue for a little bit, so there you go. Uh, there, there are a bunch of good, solid actors. 
uh, Dan Loria, who plays the manager. Of course, he's, it's interesting, he has the look of like the old school manager, kind of like, you know, round face, old school guy, gray hair and everything. And I wonder if a franchise that would be this uh, forward thinking wouldn't have more of a bookish Brad Osmus looking manager than a Dan Loria. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Mo McCray plays one of the players who befriends Ginny's on her side, and you know he's fine. He does a good job on it. Uh, very good performance by uh, the the actor who plays uh, Ginny's father, Michael Beach, who is uh, you know, he's a that guy. If you've seen him, he's been in he's been in a bunch of movies. Um, you know he, he's was in the Abyss. He's been in a bunch. You would you would recognize him. Quality actor. Um, and he plays the father who is a bit overbearing, as most athlete fathers would be, doesn't let her quit, doesn't let her whine, pushes her really hard, um, but also knows that she's going to have to be, if she wants to get to that point, she's going to have to be super hard. She's going to have to be, you know, have a, an incredibly tough exterior. And there is that conflict you have, like, is he being too hard on her? At what point... It's almost like the movie Whiplash, if you haven't seen the movie Whiplash, where the, the kids, the, the drummer's dad is this really nurturing, loving father, um, and the J.K. Simmons, the drum, and, the drum teacher, uh, pushes him, but pushing him makes him great, but does pushing him make him lose his humanity? Well, in this one, it's the father who does that, and, you know, there's... There is potential there for a lot of drama as they mine this story. Um, and so, and, and the thing I really, really, and I mean really dig about the show, is that it's the Padres. It isn't like, we're the San Diego surfers, and like they, they got the rights. They're in Petco Park. They're wearing the San Diego Padre uniforms. They have you know, Joe Buck and John Smoltz doing the announcing. They have the talking head people on the TV, like Colin Cowherd and everyone like that. Obviously, it's a Fox show, so they got all the people within Fox Sports and playing the role of, you know, the some people are cheering her on, some people are super skeptical, this, that, and the other thing. And so, uh, on the realism angle, that they kind of took a point of view where they said, they, they did something that my friend Richie Duncan, who's a friend of the podcast, has been on the show several times. It's one of our favorite games to play, which is, what would you really do if? How would you really act if? And usually it's for films that are really kind of out there in terms of their like borderline science fiction. But like a film like Back to the Future is, what would you really do if you had a time machine and you could go back and see your parents? Or Groundhog Day is, what would you really do if uh, you woke up and it was the same day every single day? Or the greatest example, because there were contradictions to this, is the movie Big. Remember the movie Big, where there was a, there was a bunch of movies that came at that time of grown-ups and kids switching bodies, but Big was the only one anyone remembers because they said, no, 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 no. How would you really act? What would really happen? if you did that. And in some ways, even though this is not a science fiction scenario, it is a scenario that hasn't happened yet. So you can say, what would really happen if the first woman ball player were to come up now? 
and it would probably be a franchise like the San Diego Padres who would need to have the boost in the gate and the boost in the national recognition. It would probably be a pitcher. It wouldn't be a hitter. It probably would be a pitcher who developed breaking balls and junk balls and wasn't trying to overpower people with a fastball. There probably would be a media circus storm that she would be declared the most important woman in the world or in the country and be on the cover of magazines and be adored by Hillary Clinton and Ellen and everybody before she even threw a single pitch in the major leagues. And kind of those scenes kind of reminded me of the scenes in The Right Stuff where the Mercury astronauts were being praised as American heroes. And as one person pointed out, they haven't done a damn thing except show up to a press conference. And the build-up to it and the fact that she probably would have a, the, the buildup would be beyond anything anyone could imagine. And in the course of the show, again, spoiler, if you haven't seen the show, and if you want to see the show, you know, turn this off and we'll come back to you later. Um, she fails miserably in her first game. She doesn't throw a strike. And she's incredibly wild. She walks every batter she faces and she leaves the mound and she's, and it's a disgrace. And her teammates don't want her there. And everyone thinks it's a publicity stunt at the expense of having an actual good pitcher. And the manager is pissed because he had to use a bullpen for nine innings and he doesn't want to kill his bullpen so the owner of the team could have a publicity stunt. These are all things that would happen. And you would see the, you know, the, the talking head people and all the Twitter and everything talk about, you see, women can't do it. This is a different thing, you know, and of course like the men's rights activists and everything who are all, if you're a men's rights activist and you listen to this show, stop. I don't want, I don't want your download. Um, and then her bouncing back and coming that she throws a good game. She doesn't throw a great game. She throws like six and two-thirds innings and lets up like three runs and has a quality start but isn't great but is good enough to merit another, another game. Um... And all those seem like, yeah, that's probably how it would happen. And the media circus on the first game, and then people really worry to watch the next game. But then she's had success and a realistic success. It wasn't like what they did in the scout where he throws a no-hitter and hits two homers in the World Series in his debut. It's not like um, Rookie of the Year where he comes out and he's just blazing fastballs by everyone and, it's, and no one has ever seen anything like it before, or Roy Hobbs literally hitting the cover off of the ball. It's, ah, she did well enough to play. And so that notion of, yeah, this is how it would really be. Yeah, there's a moment of realism. Now, here's where I'm worried about the show. I've heard people say it's trying to be like the West Wing for baseball, and that it's essential, and, and clearly it's about more than baseball. It's a story about gender. It's a story about race. It's a story about the media. It's a story about uh, parents. It's a story about how we interact with each other in different generations. It's about what we look at as symbols for our role models. What is a role model? There are all these things are the themes of the show. And the best baseball movies are ones that deal with, ish, deal with subjects that baseball becomes a metaphor for whatever it is that they're trying to say. And perhaps pitch can become that. 
but I really can't think of any baseball-themed television shows, fiction television shows, that have worked. I mean, Bay City Blues flopped, and there was, uh, there was an attempt at a, uh, a sitcom adaptation of Jim Bouton's Ball Four, which starred Jim Bouton. Um, that flopped. Uh, there was an attempt to make a TV show based on League of Their Own, which seemed like a, a can't miss in so many ways, and that didn't go anywhere. And I, you know, obviously part of the reason why it's hard to make a, a show about baseball is the expense. I mean, how often are they going to rent out Petco Park? How often are they going to be able to do something? I mean, that's an expensive thing to do. Um, and also, though, the drama of a baseball season is the players don't know the outcome. They're trying to go for a certain outcome. There's, there's no, the, the actors know what they're doing. This is one reason why a lot of times baseball movies I find somewhat disappointing because I'd rather just watch a baseball game. I do have baseball movies that I really like. I do like The Natural. I do like Bad News Bears. I do like uh, Eight Men Out. I do like Bang the Drum Slowly. I think the greatest baseball movie of all time is uh, Bull Durham. But all those films have intriguing characters and the actual outcome of the game is not even what the film's about. You know, Bull Durham ends with a rain delay. The last game is rained out in that film. You know, the Bad News Bears, they lose. You know, it's not, because it, it's not about, oh, I'm following the ins and outs of this team. It's I'm following the journey of these characters. So Pitch has to make sure it doesn't become a story where we are invested in the ups and downs of this fictitious world of this, this alternate universe San Diego Padres. And I always wonder, I, I, I'm thinking a bit about, you know, the, how invested I'm going to get into the story when it is fiction. I mean, yes, the character of Ginny Baker is going through a lot. But if they want to, they could have her fly. They could have her shoot laser beams from her eyes. They could have her grow gills. I mean, it's fiction. They can do what they want. So it's, it's not Kylie Bunbury who's going through it. It's a fictitious character who's being written these parts. So I can only invest so much in the courage of her character when it's not a real person that it's happening to. I know that sounds strange, but it's one of the reasons why I prefer to read nonfiction to fiction. Now, it is a way that maybe we can see how our society could react to something like this, but it's still all hypothetical at this point. You know, eventually there will be a real woman pitcher who breaks in, and inevitably people say, how close was the movie pitched to this, that, or the other thing? And I don't know if they'll be able to maintain a level of drama without it becoming a soap. A show like The West Wing was able to because the ins and outs of the White House became something fascinating to watch. And that's what they're going to have to turn this into. We're going to have to be really sucked into the world, the ins and outs, the day-to-day -day life of being a baseball player, 
and have it be more than just a hypothetical tale of a pioneer who hasn't arrived yet. The real Ginny Baker will arrive. She will happen. And so we're basically, this show is saying, hey, this, this may happen someday. So, okay, well, I'd rather see the real thing happen. Of course, there has been a certain amount of self-fulfilling prophecy with this show because there have been writers and the New York Times order things that will this unite baseball fans and women viewers? And they go, well, do you know what? I got news for you. There are a lot of baseball fans who happen to be women. Many of them have been guests on this show. Who's been on this show the most? Lisa Swan. You know, Stacey Gatsuis has been on this show a bunch of times. You know, I mean, Taryn Cooper's been on this show. Uh, uh, you know, Jamie Kelly's been on this show. I mean, think they've been just on my pocket. Go all around. Go through baseball Twitter. There are no shortage of really, really smart, passionate baseball fans who happen to be born female. So the notion of... Well, you know, this is, uh, how is this going to appeal to women? Well, I don't know. For some people, baseball, for some women, baseball is not a turnoff. And make it good and people will watch it. They can't play on the importance of the subject matter for too long. Because, as I said, the subject matter isn't real. It isn't really happening. It's a hypothetical situation. And they shouldn't do things that they hope will cater to what people think a woman's audience is. Make it good. Make it good with a female protagonist and people will show up and see the damn thing. Like Mad Max. Like The Force Awakens. This is what happens when you say, oh, you know, like people going crazy for Wonder Woman. It's not that like, oh, they made it frilly or they made it girly. No, they made it good. Write a good, compelling story. And the storyline of Ginny Baker being the first woman player can't be the thing that it always falls back to, oh, this is the pioneer story, because remember, it's fiction. When the real first woman breaks into the major leagues, trust me, trust me, there will be lots of storylines that will unfold and many that the producers and writers of Pitch have not concocted yet. So I hope it's a success. I do. It's a well-produced show. They've got good actors and maybe it will be a positive show and get people thinking about Major League Baseball. If nothing else, it supplies us with yet another fictitious alternate universe San Diego Padres on television that has a more robust history than the real San Diego Padres. You don't believe me? The only time the San Diego Padres ever won the World Series was in the made-for-TV movie The Kid from Left Field, where Gary Coleman took over the team as manager. They won the World Series in that alternate universe, 1980. And in the course of that film, it was mentioned that they had won the World Series in the 1960s, which is strange, 
because the expansion Padres didn't exist till 1969. And trust me, friends, they didn't win the World Series that year. So, Fox, good luck with pitch. Hope it's a good one. Hope it works. And we'll see if it's not a super expensive one-year show, or which would probably be the death knell of all future fiction baseball shows, or maybe it will be a big hit. And maybe a lot of people will be interested in the Padres. And maybe it will loosen up some attitudes of some people and say, hey, maybe there should be a woman playing in Major League Baseball. There will be. And the point that we ever wondered about it will strike us all with incredulity at one point. But for now, I'm eager to see the second episode. So go to MLBReports.com to see the update listings of who owns baseball. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Backer and Patrick Collison. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Yeah.